on episode 562 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Emily Sherratt and discuss her book, Yoga Animals, 32 Poses from the Wild. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 562. you decided you're ready to make a change to reclaim your health and fitness the 40 plus fitness podcast is here for you each week we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40 i'm alan meisner i'm an nsam certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise behavior change and fitness nutrition a fai certified functional aging specialist and an ota level 2 online trainer I'm joined each week by our co-host, Rachel Everett. She is an NASM certified personal trainer and a RRCA level one run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey. All right, let's go. What's keeping you from losing weight, improving your health and getting more fit? You start out great and then bam, something comes along and derails you. Your diet was going great, but that birthday cake on Saturday fired up your sweet tooth. Or you were working out every day and you hurt your foot. Your doctor told you to keep off of it for six weeks. Those six weeks have come and gone and you're still keeping off of it. But deep down, you know it's not the cake or the injury to blame, right? It's a mindset block. And like an invisible wall, each and every time you make progress, you inevitably backslide. Until you address your health blocker, you won't see the success you want and need. That's why I created a quiz to help you diagnose your health blocker. It's absolutely free at 40plusfitness.com forward slash quiz. Take the free what's your health blocker quiz at 40plusfitness.com forward slash quiz. Hey, Raz, how are you doing? Good, Alan. How are you today? I'm doing good. Um, good. Crazy, crazy busy, but good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, we've got uh, our daughter's wedding coming up. In fact, I think right. this episode, I will actually probably be on an airplane to Mississippi where my daughter's getting married. Neat. And um, yeah, it's going to be kind of insane. Uh, the first part of the end of this month and the beginning of the next one, uh, because I'm just putting so much into trying to get the crush the holidays challenge thing done. I'm, I'm really excited about the structure of it this year. It's a little different than it was last year. Uh, mm -hmm. It's all new videos, all new, everything is all new. So I'm like wow. completely almost recreating it from the ground up. Uh, and it's going to be a lot better than it was last year. Um, so I'm hopeful, you know, we get enough people in there, get, get a lot of people in there because it's a, it's a really good challenge. If you structure, if you have struggles during the holidays of eating too much, I can call it eating season. Mm -hmm. um, you have trouble with eating season. This is a way for you to not lose ground during the holidays right. by keeping you focused for most of it, and then working on mindset every day, finding something within ourselves that's going to help us get stronger uh, mentally, uh, so we can get stronger physically and healthier and all those other things. So you can go to fortyplusfitness.com forward slash crush. Uh, and sign up for the Crush the Holidays Challenge. And then, of course, the retreat, 
uh, that's going to probably be almost, I'm going to be planning that probably every day all the way until it <laughs> goes live in, in May, but um, just trying to put some structure to it, understand it so that, you know, when it comes time to put it out there and market it, uh, that people know what it is. And it's not mm-hmm. going to be like your, a lot of, I, mean, I look, there's a ton of different types of retreats. So, I mean, you know, it's almost everything under the sun, but it's, it's not a boot camp where I'm going to beat you to death with exercise yeah. and stuff for uh, five days. So there are exercise sessions uh, mm-hmm. that are optional. Uh, but I encourage people to come and then we're going to do some movement. We're going to do some things, uh, a lot of that outside, but the, the other part of it is, yeah, we're going to have mindset discussions and I'm trying to make it as accessible as possible. Uh, so I'm going to try to do a, uh, broadcast of the first session. So the first session, well, not really the first, first session, but the, the sit down session uh, Mm -hmm. is a mindset. So we start working through a mindset. And so about an hour, hour and a half, we'll have uh, a live session and I'll, I'll have it available online um, for free. Uh, or you can upgrade to the recordings if you don't happen to be able to listen live each day when it's going to happen, which I think will probably be something like 9 to 1030 or something like that. But you know, a lot of people can't just be online every day or watching Zoom every day. Uh, during those hours. So if you can't, uh, there will be recordings and that'll be really cost effective for you to get those. And each day there'll be a thing you're working on with mindset. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do a workbook. So the whole course thing will have a workbook for you to work through. Uh, The people that are here, we're then going to go into it, you know, so there's a, there's implementation that happens after the lesson here. Uh, If you're at home, you're doing that on your own. Uh, But if you're here, we're walking through it. Wow. And so that's, that's that. And then uh, they'll probably, there's going to be a, like a VIP level uh, mm-hmm. for the people that are here. Uh, the VIPs will get to stay in Lula's, nice. uh, but we only have six rooms. So that's going to be limited to six people in the VIP, unless someone is nice enough or and, and two people that are, know each other or are okay. They say, Hey, we'll just go in and we'll both go VIP together cool. um, and maybe work out something on that. Uh, you know, since they're sharing a room, but it's going to be limited mm-hmm. to six VIPs and uh, they'll, they'll get more. So they'll have more access to me with some deep dives. They're going to get some awesome additional workout stuff that we'll do each afternoon. Uh, they're good to see parts of the Island uh, and things we'll do outside that the others won't get to do. Um, and I'm going to throw in a couple other little cool things uh, to help them with their wellness over the course of that week. So yeah, but that's starting to line up how I'm going to structure nice. it and get it all organized, but still pretty new. So if you're interested in the retreat, I need to see an interest list or at some point I'll just mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm doing this for myself and you know, that's not going to be fun to have six <laughs> empty rooms here in Lula's and mm-hmm. nobody here for me to go say, okay, it's time for the morning walk run. And, <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> that's just not going to be that cool. Uh, so I need to see if there's some interest. And if I see that, then I'll, I'll go ahead and really get this thing pushing forward. Uh, but you can go to 40 plusfitnesscom forward slash retreat, and that'll take you to the retreat interest form. You just put your name and your email. And that lets me know that, yeah, there's people that are raising their hands saying, I'm definitely interested in the bocus portion of this. Or even if it's just, okay, I may not be able to do the bocus thing because of travel and passports and all that. Yeah. And you will need a passport, but you know, Mm -hmm. those things is so, so if you, maybe that's outside the realm of what you want to do or can do, there will be a broadcast of it. 
and recordings if if you need those as well. So Sweet. a lot of moving parts with the wedding. Yeah. It's also getting into busy, starting to get into busy season here in Bocas uh, with our national holidays. So it's just bang, 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 bang. <laughs> of course, it sounds very busy, but exciting yeah. too. Yeah, a lot of new stuff and getting out of some old stuff, which is Good. still very sad. But you know, everything has its chapter. You just right. need to turn the page and and move on. So how are things up there? Great, great. You know, Mike and I just spent the weekend in Detroit. He and I ran a one mile and a 5k race on Saturday. And then I ran the half marathon on Sunday and a bunch of our running friends from our run club here did the full marathon on Sunday. And it was just a beautiful weekend in Detroit. So we had a great weekend. I'm exhausted (laughs) from all the running around, but seeing the city was wonderful. We had just, it was nice to get away. Good, good. I'm glad you got to do that. Oh, for sure. All right. So are you ready to talk yoga? Sure. Our guest today is an editor, writer, and qualified yoga instructor. She has been teaching for over seven years, as well as having a regular practice for almost 20. Her teaching method encompasses a wide range of yoga styles, from Vinasa flow to yin, and she considers the final relaxation the most important part of class. With no further ado, here's Emily Sharat. Emily, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you. You know, (laughs) I saw the title, Yoga Animals, and I was like, this is perfect. This this takes everything about yoga that would keep someone away from yoga and (laughs) and literally just kind of makes it happen. I mean, mean, I've I've gone to yoga and I can tell you, I'm one of the least mobile human beings on earth. Uh, because I, I fancied myself as a bodybuilder when I was younger. So my lifting style and the things I did were not functional. They were to build bigger muscles. And so I lost a lot of mobility by not being mobile when I had the opportunity to be mobile, uh, you know, 25 years of sedentary job did it's, it's damage as well. And what I like about the idea of, of these poses being named after animals is when you really think of it that way, instead of you know, some esoteric name or Indian name or something, it it mm-hmm. just, it opens it up. And I'm like, I could see parents or grandparents in their living room doing these poses and their kids just kind of like saying, wow, this is cool. You know, I can, yeah. I can do this peacock pose or I could do this, uh, you know, there's a ton of different ones out there, but they just, yeah. they, they all sound fun. And they, they particularly when you say it's an animal, you know, I'm, I'm going to do the cat pose or I'm going to do the downward dog or the upward dog, you know, all those poses just sound fun um, when they're put that way. And, and so like that, when I did do yoga, you know, it's like, well, I, I was in a room with a group of people. They were all much more accomplished than I was. The instructor would actually get up and walk over and like push down my hips to try to, you know, <laughs> to get my legs in the right position. And so it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, I knew I needed it. I needed the mobility, but it was just, even for me as someone who was generally fit, it was, it was intimidating. Yeah. I mean, we have tried to move away from that pushing, <laughs> pushing people's hips down and things like that. It's a little bit uh, old school. Um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, as you say, the animal side of things, I think the storytelling element to yoga is a big part of its appeal. I mean, maybe in some cases it's also a bit off-putting. I don't know. People might prefer their, their kind of exercise a bit more straightforward. But for me, um, the storytelling was definitely what kind of enticed me in. And it's why 
where a lot of the movement might overlap with Pilates, but for me, Pilates will never quite have the same appeal because it feels a bit more like I'm, I'm you know, I'm kind of sitting down or getting on my mat to do to do the exercises to you know do my my physical exercises and it doesn't have that element of story which I love so much in yoga um personally speaking anyway but and I think it's true of children as well that uh, children really engage with yoga in this very immediate way um my own children do as well it's kind of nice to see now one of the things I liked about the book was that you had uh, illustrations in there just to kind of give us an idea of what the pose or the movement yeah. looked like um which was really cool. And there were over 30 poses, 32 poses from the wild. Again, there's just something that just draws me into that to enjoy that. Yeah. Um, but you had those, those illustrations and I had written down the name of your illustrator, but uh, those were yeah. really good and, and made yeah. for a very beautiful book. Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually there are two, there are two illustrations to the book. So there's um, okay. one who did it stunning, very kind of, um, well, very realistic, but also very artistic uh, animal um drawings to ma match along with the name as you say and that's um jade mazinski and then the other jade the other illustrator is also jade uh, her name is in here somewhere i hope it's in here somewhere jade wheaton and she did the um kind of step-by-step -step, um illustrations which were really well we were very careful to get right because obviously you know they're quite minimalistic in their style um but when you're thinking of people practicing from home um without a teacher there sort of supervising and making sure everything's done safely it felt extra important to make sure so there was quite a lot of me sending back and saying could you just slightly tweak this um <laughs> and then sometimes them saying we can't find any uh photo references online could you please do it so then whoops um in the midst of yeah in the midst of a lockdown sort of being at home and um uh, getting people to photograph me taking the very you know taking the sort of step yeah. by step it's not so much the finished poses which you can always find photo references for but it's the uh step by step to get into them all the kind of little bits um to match along with my illustrations uh, with my instructions so yeah um yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, i hope they are useful for people um and yeah, we certainly took care to get them right yeah and and i think that's what's really good about this is you have full full description so even if you didn't have the illustrations it would work the illustrations yeah. just kind of enhance uh for those of us that uh are not visually impaired, it really does enhance our ability to see what that looks like, uh, yeah. which allows us to emulate it a little bit better. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So why, why is yoga a great movement practice? Uh, well, I'm a firm believer that there is a yoga practice for everyone. Um, and I have spoken to a lot of kind of uh, you know, friends and family and people who are a bit skeptical of that notion who say, no, 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 but you know, like, like you said almost, well, I'm, I'm really inflexible. It, you'd be surprised how many people you get saying, I couldn't possibly come to your yoga class. So I'm really inflexible. And I think that's, <laughs> that's exactly why you should come to my yoga class. Yes. Um, but then equally you get people who say, oh, you know, I'm, they would struggle to kind of sit still with you, know, maybe to engage with the meditation side of things. I, I really believe that you can, um, customize your own yoga practice to suit yourself and for me that's kind of fundamentally what yoga is it's the practice of checking in with your body with yourself um you know daily and seeing where you are on that given day in that given moment and and providing yourself with what you need so for me my yoga practice can look really different from day to day that maybe some days um i just want to sit and do some breath work, um, a bit of meditation, some very gentle stretches for kind of achy bits in my body. 
Some days I might want something more dynamic or something more playful or silly, especially if I've got one or both of my kids kind of crawling all over the mats, then, then it takes on a different tone. Um, and I just really believe that it's a bit like when people say they don't like reading and I say, oh, you just haven't found the right book. I, I kind of feel the same way about yoga, that they need to just find the practice that suits them and it can look completely different from anybody else's. And that's the beauty of it. Um, and I think what makes it really special and maybe different from most other exercise forms that I can think of. Yeah. And and what I like about it is not only is are we are we building mobility with that we need, um, but yeah. you can also use yoga to build strength. Yeah. Um, I've I've been in a yoga class that was all about stamina. Uh it's yeah. kind of weird, but it was, yeah, we moved <laughs> a lot. We you know, it wasn't we didn't we held some poses, but we moved quite a bit. So it was yeah. a, it was a intense little workout, body weight workout. Uh, and that's yeah. the other thing that's really cool about it is, uh, yeah, you might, you'll need a mat probably, and you might want a yoga block, but that's your investment. Um, yeah. that's about it, you know, and it's, so it's something yeah. anybody can afford to do. Um, yeah. and yeah, you know, I agree. I mean, you don't even, I, I agree. And that's helpful to have, but, um, you know, at a push, you could practice your yoga with a towel. Um, it's just something to stop you from slipping, especially if you are doing kind of, a bit more of a cardiovascular session and you might get a bit sweaty and you, um, you know, or depending on what surface you're practicing on something to cushion, if you're kind of holding for longer. Um, but really it is, yeah, very, very kind of low requirement and, um, and something that you can practice on your own. Um, so you don't need a gym membership. You don't need a personal trainer. Uh, you don't need a me. Um, I mean, I generally speaking would recommend that people do attend some classes uh, whether it's in person or online, just so they get a bit of a sense of how to practice safely, they have some some kind of guidance um, when they're starting. Uh, but yeah, it is it's it's incredibly flexible in that way. Sort of pra- practicing any little corner that you can find a little bit of floor space for yourself. Yeah, I think one one of the reasons that yoga yoga has taken off. I mean, I I remember twenty years ago, you know, people talk about yoga and it's like, oh, that's that's that woo woo stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's left, it's left the woo woo and it's now mainstream for sure. Uh, and I, sure. I live on an Island and I could tell you, I can't throw a rock and not hit a yoga instructor. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um but one of the other things that I, I find very valuable, uh, about yoga is that it, it was really centered on understanding and feeling your body. There's a, there's a meditation yeah. aspect to it. And you mentioned breath work. I'd, I'd like to yeah. talk about breath work and what that looks like and why that's important. Um, so again, I mean, you know, in terms of you go back to yoga's roots, breath work is really fundamental. It's one of the, I mean, I won't kind of go into all the details of that and I'm not, I'm not the expert to do so, but there are various um, kind of limbs of yoga and of which physical yoga is only one. So the yoga that we we're talking about here really is the practice of happy yoga um, is only one limb of, of a full yoga practice um and breath work is one um so it, it's kind of back there in the fundamentals but if you just take it um and maybe a more kind of immediately accessible uh level for those of us who don't have this background in, in the kind of um spiritual scriptures of, of yoga um it's something that again that i think everybody needs and there um, there's a breath work practice for everyone and for every scenario um and it's something that you don't need to do as part of a full yoga practice especially once you've got uh, got into the habit of a bit more so I think people often are like I don't need to be taught to breathe thanks I've been doing it for you know <laughs> bloody blood numbers of years but uh, you'd be surprised how many of us um 
don't breathe that full what we think of as that yoga breath that diaphragmatic breath the right kind of down into the um lower abdomen of course and then when you say that when you're teaching new uh students i say i do appreciate that your air is not actually going into your belly um but that's you know the, the kind of um effect of inflating your your belly as you flatten the diaphragm and the tummy gets pushed out um those deep full breaths we do them when we're born we're you know kind of born being able to do them but we unlearn them i think we can get into especially we have very stressful lifestyles um you get into some shallow upper chest breathing and we need to be taught again um and i mean just for our general health but it's amazing what it can do for kind of mood regulation and like i say it's something that then when you've got into the practice of it first of all your kind of general breathing um is better but you also have something that you can take with you into other aspects of your life so it's something that i've used you know i've used in childbirth i've used in parenting very regularly it's a nice calming breath um <laughs> that i try to model as well um i've used you know in, if i've got a stress of work situation going on you know just that that it's that kind of um sort of like a hard reset you know so you've turned turning yourself off and on again that you go okay let's go back to the basics and you notice that you know um you feel calmer you feel more in control your heart rate gets slowed um it's it's a really incredible practice and uh, there are loads and loads of different uh, yoga breaths um which can be used in different ways um you know quite uh, once you've been doing yoga for a while some of them will start to be sort of dropped in quite <laughs> quite casually into um a yoga instructor's sort of parlance but uh as i say it is not even necessarily um you don't need to know the names, but you, but how they make you feel is really quite striking, um, and they're useful tools for, yeah. for all of your life. I would say. Yeah, and it's uh, you know as you mentioned uh, with kids and stress and things like that. This mm. is this is actually an off switch to your you know your nervous system going into this fight or flight. So yeah, you know, most of us yeah. yeah most of us in in what's going on today and everything that's going on in our lives spend a lot of our time in this fight or flight mode. And so taking this time to really check in with your body, to breathe in deeply, which, you know, again, we have to relearn because we've, we've stopped doing it. Stress breathing is chest breathing. And when yeah. you sit down and start breathing into the abdomen and you really get those deep breaths, it just slows everything down inside your body. And yeah. as a result, you, you, you stress less. And it's, so it's, it's a huge tool for you to manage your stress and it, the cool thing is you can do it anywhere. Um, yeah. My boss would call me on the elevator, uh, you know, on the elevator up to my boss's office because it was almost always bad news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's corporate life, but it was almost always bad news. So I would just do box breathing in, yeah. the, in the elevator, just going up yeah. to my bosses so that I didn't go in there in a complete fight or flight mode. So yeah. I could, I could go in there as calm as I, as I could get, um, yeah. but it was, is a tool. And, and so this is a tool that you'll learn as a part of a yoga practice night. And you've got that built into the way that you set up these programs, uh, which yeah. is quite dynamic. Now, as you, as you look at the, at these poses, the animal yoga animals, uh, you use a mix of vinyasa flow mm -hmm. and yin. Can you talk about yeah. what those are? Because I think we get thrown these foreign words. Yes. And, and so it just kind of seems like, okay, what, I don't even know what that means. Can you just talk about what those two things are and uh, the value of each? Yeah. So vinyasa, I mean, I think it, it literally means to kind of put in a certain way. Um, but actually the way 
um, the way I use it is that you know uh, it's like a flow, a flow rather than yin, which is more static. And I'll go in, uh, into more detail about yin in a minute. But in um, a yoga session, you'll quite often say you'll quite often hear the instructor say, "If you'd like to take a vinyasa," <laughs> and that's the little they they mean that little sequence in the middle of a sun salutation um, where you basically flow through um, top of a plank down onto your front up into a cobra or an upward facing dog and then to downward facing dog so that's just kind of rattling through very quickly and people say if you like to take a vinyasa take a vinyasa now um if you want to rest you can come straight to downward facing dog um so really essentially what we're using vinyasa for is um a, a flow of se- of poses strung together um and it's it, one of the um you know kind of benefits one of the uses for it is that that getting that kind of cardiovascular um side of things into your yoga practice um getting the kind of breath going a bit faster getting the heart rate going a bit faster flowing through more quickly getting you know everything moving around the body more quickly um it has a bit of a, a dance like feel to it as well so there's sort of pleasing <laughs> pleasing for the brain in that way um and then uh yin is um uh kind of not part of the traditional yoga kind of, um system but it's something that is becoming increasingly popular now. I, I, um, a big part of the end is actually what you were just talking about there with the breath work is about um, a kind of hard reset for the nervous system. So what you're doing is you're holding a pose for longer. Um, so you might take a gentler variation of the pose to begin with because you, I mean, our tendency from our modern lifestyles is to kind of muscle into the most extreme version of the pose and then hold. Um, but that's exactly the opposite of yin. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be um, accommodating yourself, um, maybe using props. We probably use more props in yin than other forms of yoga. So you can have like a bolster or a blanket or cushions and things like that. You get yourself supported in a pose. And they're really only kind of a handful of poses that we really use routinely for yin um, where it's more appropriate. And then you settle in and you hold and you come to your breath. And um, kind of to look at yin, you might, it might look like nothing very much is happening at all because somebody's sort of surrounded by all these cushions and they're not moving at all. Um, but actually it can be really challenging because um, first of all, once you're holding it for longer, you start to notice areas of discomfort um, in the body, but also in the mind. That's where your mind gets a bit chatty. And so it's a really useful practice Um for flexibility just on a physical level um, because it's where you can really access those deep muscles and practice the art of of properly letting go um but it's very good i would say on a a psychological and emotional level um again to kind of give yourself this break and to send this message to your nervous system there is no urgency there's no rush we're resting here we are not in any immediate danger um we're just gonna go go deep inside uh and soften and see where it takes us and of course you know I would always say and I'm sure any yoga instructor would always say if it gets too much if you're really in you know well certainly you're in pain we never want pain but if you're in extreme discomfort of course you can always come out you know this is not being enforced but it's really interesting to see what comes up both physically and emotionally um all sorts of things can kind of come up you might quite often see people have a little cry in a yoga session in a yin yoga session when they emerge from the pose um, because it's just sort of released all sorts of things that we hold in these pockets of tension in our body. Um, so that's the kind of difference. And, and my personal yoga practice and the yoga that I teach tends to include a mixture of both. I might sometimes teach a session that's much more yin-based um, for whatever reason uh, or much more kind of restorative yoga, or I might 
teach a more dynamic one. But equally, sometimes in classes, I incorporate elements of both. Um, certainly in this book, I've incorporated elements of both because I think a mixed is really nice and really kind of beneficial for us. And it's what I find most effective my, myself. Now, you know, as I went through uh, the book and I was just looking at some of the different poses, I was like, okay, well, that one, that one looks like I could do it. That one, I, mm. that would take some practice. Uh, and I think that's yeah. probably why we call it a yoga practice because there's some of these I'm like, uh, there's no way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But that's, I think that's, what's cool about the way you set up the book is now you, you also give us a structure, uh, for how we can put these together, uh, focusing on the ones that we can do and then trying the ones that maybe are right on the edge of our capacity so that we yeah. improve. Uh, so this is something that can be progressive over time as you get into your practice and you get better. Um, you can add some of these other more difficult elements and, uh, I think that's great. Can you walk us through uh, the structure? Because you set up a structure, yeah. you know, starts with breath work and uh, ends with your final relaxation. So you you start yeah. in a very nice, wonderful place and you end in a nice, <laughs> wonderful place. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot that happens in between. Can you walk through that? Scene? Yeah, absolutely. So when kind of um, sort of talking about the structure of the book with the publishers, um, I, I sort of said this is how this is how I plan class and this is how I literally plan every class that I do. You start with breath work and you end with a final relaxation. In, and actually, I would always start with a kind of opening meditation as well, as time allows. Um, so that was part of my training. But for me, um, this this structure is how you kind of I'm not going to say you kind of hit up the, the key points because that's it doesn't sound very yoga. But you know, for me, this, yeah. this is the you, you have the option um, by following through. Um, this structure in the book to do what I consider to be the most fully rounded yoga session as you say you don't have to do everything I think if you did everything it would take quite a long time so that's great if you've got the time to um to dedicate but the way I would kind of plan if I'm sort of if I've got you know half an hour to an hour to myself and I want to do a yoga session I would always try and start with um just some quiet time just to kind of check in with myself and my body um some breath work and these two can kind of overlap so again I find the breath work really um helpful way to just get into into my body and kind of out of my mind um and sort of sets the tone for the rest of the session and then I I would do that on the floor so I would always come through um from my breath work I'd come through a sort of cat cow uh, which is a really nice way of warming up the back um and you know, again, like you were talking about before, uh, with that these sort of sedentary lifestyles and sitting at computers and on phones, that's probably the first place that we're like, oh yeah, need, need to kind of warm up through the spine. Um, and it takes it takes you from cat cow to down facing dog and up to standing. Um, I would always start off um, my yoga sessions quite early on with some sun salutations um, because they are the kind of they're like a way of warming up the whole body um so you might get the breath you might do some slow sun meditation that's fine as well but you, you you're warming up all the muscles that prepares you for any other stretching or strengthening you're going to be doing um, maybe get the heart rate up a bit maybe get the breath a bit faster and then from um some sensations i would move to a standing sequence because it's kind of a natural uh natural progression i suppose you're still standing you're still on your feet so you move to um a standing sequence which might also depending on the day it might also go fast or more slowly and it includes some poses that aren't really kind of animal animally but the warrior sequence um i've got in here to kind of link some standing poses and then uh, again while you're on your feet you might do a standing balance pose the balance is a, a kind of famous part of yoga um 
people get a bit hung up on it, but it, it's, it is, again, it's just a way of checking in with where you are on a given day. It's a good way of, of um, improving strength and getting the two sides of the brain working together, which is kind of really important for us at all, all ends of our lives. Then for me, then this is when I come down to the floor. So I might start off with a seated twist. So we've got half Lord of the Fishes in the book and then we've got deer pose, which is a nice yin, really gentle um, spinal twist option. And then I always move to my forward fold section of the plan. And so there are a couple of um, really classic forward folds that aren't included um, because they don't really fit within the animal theme, but you could have like a Pashimitanasana, which is a seated forward fold. The legs together is quite famous or a wide-legged one. Here we've got um, butterfly um, and cow face. Um, so they're, they're good hip openers. They're kind of um, getting uh, a sort of a stretch opening into the back of the body, um, a folding inwards. Um, me, for me, forward folds are my personal greatest challenge. I've got really tight hamstrings. So um, that's always a good moment kind of checking in and seeing how I'm, how I'm feeling about that today. And then uh, you can do some hip openers on the ground. So we've got sw- uh, swan and a lizard, actually, and um, ki- uh, one-legged king pigeon. Uh, frog, actually, we've got a good few hip openers. Um, so it's a good place to kind of do them from when, you're, when you've done your forward folds. And then I would move on to my back bends. Um, so they obviously are the kind of um, reverse of the of forward folds. Um, you're opening into the front of the body. Um, it's very important that you kind of uh, carefully engage the the core, the lower belly to protect the back. So people can be kind of tempted to pulling themselves into back bends because they look really spectacular and, and might feel really good in the moment, but you have to proceed with caution. So we've got um, seal, we've got locust actually is a good kind of gentle opener. Camel's a stronger one. And then I move into some inversions and arm balances. Um, so we've got dolphin, feathered peacock, uh, crow and crane, quite famous ones, kind of... Um, arm balances um blind pigeon we've got, a, we've got a good few of these arm balances and inversions and then i would always do after these um i would always do fish as a nice counter pose so that's a good again again after the kind of back bends nice chest opener and then we then we start to move to the more restorative ones like kind of cooling it all down so we've got um rabbit and crocodile and then again not and animals so much as but um corpus pose the famous shavasana um how we would always kind of wind up a class and like i say i it doesn't really matter for me how long or short a session is i would always make sure i have that kind of cooling down um and that calming time even if you only do it for a minute um i think it's really important so in the book i kind of talk you through a guided relaxation where you relax each part of the body in turn but there are various different kind of formats you can take, but the kind of key thing is lying in stillness, cooling your body down, um, kind of coming back to that, to that breath. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I would structure a class, and that's how you can you can um, work with the book as well. That you can kind of work through, and you can choose maybe one forward fold rather than all of them: one back bend, one hip opener, one inversion, or and or arm balance. Or as I say, if you love those, you can try them all. Um, so there's a kind of option there to, to do a nice rounded session or yeah. several. And then you can go back to the book and do something different each time. Yeah. And, and so I think, you know, like that, if you, it's pretty easy to see that this is going to run you through a full body thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to be connected uh, to your body as you do these things. And we're really talking about building strength, building stamina, yeah. uh, mobility, 
pretty much all of it at this point. And, and yeah. then again, just bringing yourself down uh, at the end for that final relaxation. Now, I know from the book that your favorite pose is the one-legged king pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Which, which I, I would aspire to, but that would, you know, that would be, oh, that's a long ways off. I'll just, I'll just yeah. I'm not going to say I can't do it. I'm just saying I can't do it right now. It's a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now l- let's, let's talk about, you know, we've talked about mobility, strength and all, but you know, for a lot of us that are sedentary, I mean, you know, office jobs, we're sitting at our desk. Now we've got our, our smartphones. And so we're down there and it's becoming somewhat of um, a big problem um, where people's shoulders are starting to round down, their necks are craning forward, and we're just losing posture that we would have had before if we were doing the things our ancestors did of, you know, moving around, foraging, hunting, yeah, you know, all the things we would do. We don't do those anymore. Now we're, you know, we're, we're keyboard warriors and we're phone warriors. And, and so that's what we're doing. And it's, it's messing with our posture. If we wanted to put together a few of these poses that we could do on a fairly regular basis to kind of offset some of that posture problem, what are some of the exercises that we could do and what, what do they look like? So I would just say as a general rule that whenever you're doing yoga, if you have an instructor there, you'll kind of hear repeatedly, drop your shoulders down and back, drop your shoulders away from the ears, because as you say, it's just so commonplace that the the shoulders are kind of creeping up and the back is rounding. But if if you wanted to just practice, if you wanted to take a couple of minutes and just practice a few of these, I would definitely start um, on all fours if possible with cat-cow. So as I say, the the instructions are all there in the book, but it's, it's really coming from that position of all fours and you... Um, you move the spine through its range, its kind of range of spinal flexion. Um, and you get a really nice kind of rounding, deliberate rounding into the shoulders in cat. Um, but then you also get the counter movement in cow. And just, you know, as I said before, as soon as you do it, I think 90% of us are going to think, oh, but yeah, you're, you're really noticing where the discomfort is. Back bends are really good for, for countering that rounding. But as I mentioned before, it's important to make sure you're engaging the core uh, that you're connecting with your kind of core muscles the abdominal muscles um you're protecting the back you're not just kind of really you know it feels like an itch you want to scratch and you might fling yourself into it because it feels initially very good but you don't want to cause any injuries especially if it's uh, not a habitual movement so when working with any of the back bends um and like i said locust is actually a really nice gentle one uh i mean you know you can do locust in a in a more extreme way um but uh when you're just if you just follow the instructions to do it in this um in the, in the book uh it, it can be really really gentle it's just a way of um, working all the muscles in the back um uh, in a gentle way but it's it's really good for strengthening so i think strengthening the back as well as opening um countering the rounding is important but you want to make sure the back is strong we want to kind of keep the muscles strong uh especially as we get older so yeah i'd say cat cow and locust seal or maybe from um in the book you go from sphinx to seal and sphinx is a gentler version as well so that's where you come onto your front and you have your elbows underneath your shoulders and um, forearms parallel and then you broaden through the collarbones drop the shoulders away from the ears and that can be a really nice gentle one just to kind of hang out in and then finally, I'd say maybe crocodile, um, which is an alternative way to take your final relaxation, but it's prone rather than on your back. Um, so that can be quite a nice one as well, opening into the back body in, in this really, really gentle way. Um, but, you know, even if you're just sitting at your desk and you do a few shoulder rotations each way, shrug the shoulders up and down. And 
I know it's really hard, but keep working on kind of lengthening, lifting up from the crown, sending the tailbone down. Um, just, just try to make it as really that you don't have to think about it, but to begin with, you will have to think about it a lot. Um, I think it's it's really important um, because it you know it can just cause problems later in life if we're not kind of really thinking about that posture all the time. Yeah, so I you know I think it's it's pretty easy to see that all these all these names they sound fun. Yeah. Cro- crocodile dog cow um, yeah. or cat um these are these are all fun and so if you're doing this and you start doing this as a practice and you've got kids or grandkids around uh they're going to come play with you too and yeah. so i think that just makes this a really special thing that you can share uh with them because uh it's one it's it's getting you healthier uh it's, yeah. it's teaching them and they're seeing a great example of someone who's trying to improve themselves um, and you're just building a better relationship with with the people around you that are enjoying this with you. So, uh, and yeah. again, the book the book does a really good job of explaining how all these movements and poses work. Um, so you can just start working your way through it, um, getting better and better. Because again, it, it it is a practice. Um, you, know, I don't, you know, there's probably, and I'm sure there's lots of people that are in yoga that can do all the poses in there and not have a okay. problem with them. <laughs> I, I'll tell you right, I'm not one of those people, but uh, it does give me something to aspire to uh, as I know that, okay, I have a, a mobility issue and this is a pose that's going to help me deal with that. Or I have a posture issue and these are some poses that have been put together uh, that I can go through and do uh, in a reasonable amount of time. I mean, the, the posture poses you talked about, literally you do a warm up and you sit down. Uh, I would encourage the breath work and then mm. you can get into some of these and and really do a lot for your posture in probably less than 15 minutes, including yeah. uh, your warm up. So uh, really easy and accessible. And the book makes it um, clear uh, what, what you're trying to do and, and where you're trying to go. So uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, mm-hmm. I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? Um, well, I would say it's finding a form of movement that gives you pleasure. Um, so whether that's yoga or whether it's something completely different, but, um, for me, I was somebody who never enjoyed, um, PE or uh, gym class or whatever at school. Um, and I wish that yoga or something had been an option. I wish there had been more options basically, because it was all very much about kind of competitive sport, which is not my personal thing. Um, and it really put me off exercise for a long time. Um, so it's finding something that gives me pleasure. It's not a chore. Um, I might still have to kind of remind myself to do it, but it's, um, something that I always feel kind of better for. And I know, I know through practice that I always feel, um, better for doing. I would say personally, for me, it's important that it fits within your life. So, um, I mean, you know, by all means, if it, if it, you know, like I say, if it gives you pleasure to kind of go really out of, out of your way and go, you know, I've got a friend who's really into figure skating and she goes very far across London in order to do her figure skating because there aren't that many rinks but um that's fine but for me I do a lot of walking because it fits in I just build it into my life um and it means it never gets neglected because it's literally how I get from A to B nine times out of ten um I walk you know most of my journeys I walk to work I walk to drop my kids to nursery I walk, you know I walk to the train station I walk everywhere um uh, I also personally for, for my kind of well-being um a connection to nature so that's also a big part of um this book and how i kind of accessed um what i wanted to talk about in this book was how i think we can feel in our modern lives um very cut off from the natural world 
but I do account for a lot of the popularity of yoga with being um, that it is about reconnecting to nature in in nature's most immediate uh, representative, which is yourself. Um, so it's you know you are not separate from nature; you are part of nature, and it's it's reminding yourself of that and reasserting that. And so um, maybe it's not a yoga practice for for everybody, but maybe it's just stepping outside, um, you know, taking some deep breaths going to the park uh, for me that's a really really important part of it and if you can do yoga outside so much the better um so yeah i'd say those are my three personal uh, strategies thank you emily if someone wanted to learn more about you the things you're doing and your book yoga animals where would you like for me to send them um the best place for that is my instagram account um which is at emily tree yoga um you can also find out obviously more about the book from the the publishers um but yeah i'd say the instagram account is a good place to go and um there is there is a a youtube um session online that i did to to go with the book so i will um apply that link okay you can go to 40 plus fitness podcast.com forward slash 562 and i'll be sure to have links to the book uh to emily's instagram and to that youtube video emily thank you so much for being a part of 40 plus fitness Thank you. It's been lovely talking to you. Welcome back, Raz. Hey, Ellen. What a neat book. I really would love to get my hands on a copy to see the different animal named poses and and what they look like. I personally enjoy yoga and I have my athletes do yoga on occasion. I wish I did it more often. (laughs) I need to make it a more regular practice, but I, I love it. That book sounds wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll name a few, uh, you know, heard about the cat cow um, and things like that. And some of these you'll know, like you'll know downward Mm -hmm. facing dog and upward facing dog. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's things that like the the bee breath and the lion, the camel, the dolphin, wow, uh, the peacock, the rooster, the fish, the rabbit, the frog. Yep. Don't face, know any of those. Lizard, butterfly. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say I didn't know half of these either. Um, they resembled other stretches and things that you see mm-hmm. out there. I think a lot of us. Um, what was weird to me is she didn't she didn't do uh, one that I use a lot, and it's the bird dog. Oh yeah. I use that for core training. Uh, whenever mm-hmm. I'm training someone, I like to have that as a, as a, one of the exercises in the, in the core training. Um, cause it does so much. I was surprised she didn't have that one in there, but anyway, yeah. So, and then, you know, besides having the, the exercises in there, explaining why you're doing what you're doing and, and then how mm-hmm. to do it and having some images of you in that position or moving through that, that flow, it's just, you know, it's, it's pretty clear. And there's a structure to it, which is what I, I actually found very exciting about this was because, you know, you go to a class and then they're mm-hmm. just going to say, okay, next we're going to do this. And next we're going to, and if you don't have a background in yoga, cause you know, she, she's done yoga for over 20 years wow. and, and then she's been teaching for seven. So oh. for her, it's second nature to put a workout mm-hmm. together and put a yoga workout together. Uh, similar way I, I can sit down and put together a workout. You can tell me what's going on with you and any injuries, and then I can help you put together a workout. That's just a skill set that you develop. But she gives you the structure that she uses for you to basically use to start. Mm-hmm. And so you can say, okay, I need some breath work. I am mm-hmm. going to do something. You know, it's a, it, the sun salutation seems to be something that's non negotiable uh, in mm-hmm. her workouts that's going to be in there. And so you kind of go through that process and then it's standing and the, 
you know, the different movements and flows and then, you know, into the relaxation at the end. But it gives you that structure so you can say, okay, I can can pick and choose. So -hmm. it's not like a buffet where you just load your plate with everything. You know, you pick a protein, you pick, you know, a vegetable, a couple of vegetables, and then pick a starch and then maybe, maybe pick a dessert, uh, which we'll just call the the relaxation at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of get the idea that makes it very easy for you to go through. And it's a gorgeous book, um, by the way. Um, cool. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to get a hard copy while I was traveling through the United States and um, mm-hmm. and, and able to have it here. So uh, it's something I'm definitely going to incorporate in my mobility work, you know, so in mm-hmm. addition to some of the other things that I do, uh, some of these poses are going to be really good for areas where I'm not as mobile as I need mm-hmm. to be. And so I'll, I'll probably go through that book and I may not follow her structure, but I will sure. definitely incorporate some of those exercises and movements into the, um, the mobility work that I am doing already. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. I prescribe different yoga videos for my athletes because as runners, we just get so tightened up, especially those of us that don't stretch on a regular <laughs> basis as we should. But doing a yoga video, it's very relaxing. And it and like you discussed, it really does help you to practice your breathing and get deeper breaths in. Cause like you mentioned too, you know, we tend to breathe in a really shallow, inefficient way, especially the more stressed and anxious we get. And taking those deep breaths, like you had mentioned, is just so relaxing. It just resets the whole system. And and that is super helpful for relaxing your muscles after a workout or or a run, like what I do with my athletes. Perfect. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Anything else you want to talk about? No, great. Great book. I'd love to get my hands on one. All right. (laughs) So again, uh, if you're interested in learning more about the retreat and being on the interest list, go to 40plusfitness.com forward slash retreat. And we're doing the crush the holidays. It's going to start November 20th. So sign up shuts off November 19th. So don't miss your chance Mm -hmm. uh, to get out there and do that. There's all kinds of uh, prizes and things that happen along the way to include referral prizes and those types of things. So get it, get in early, get active in the group, get active in what we're doing uh, and crush the holidays. Sounds great. I'll see you next time. Take care. You too. Thanks. Next time on the 40 plus fitness podcast, we meet Dr. Corey Yeager and discuss his book, How Am I Doing? 40 Conversations to Have with Yourself. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.